Blog Talk Radio. Here at ACO Radio, American Communications Online, or any affiliated stations or websites are not responsible for what guests, hosts, or call-ins may say. All programming is intended for informational and entertainment purposes only. Hello, world. Welcome aboard, all you ground troops spinning around smartly on the planet. I'm excited to talk about our cosmic identity and how we go forward with all of our mystics, oracles, psychics, sages, and seers, of those that keep the records in the Akashic field, and how those on the planet work with us as authors and our Authors Club Online. Now, today, Dr. Richard T. Knight, Honorary President of our Authors Club Online, our ACO Club brand, is expanding our minds with me, I hope, Cyberspace Culture Club for all. So uh, people, share who we are, and we have art, culture, education, science, technology, history, and folk life, and we all meet here in cyberspace. We've been doing radio for quite a few years now, going on our 10th year. So we all have a story to tell, right? We all have our own inner drama. We all have our own ego, and we're learning about the records that are stored in the world. And in India, we have our yogis that teach our cosmic identity first with the air, water, fire, earth, etc., etc., and our authors that write books here in uh, the world, uh, we have memories that we code and we put in our books. So we have the author's life coaching team and our author's club online, and we share self-help books. And uh, we would like to know your mystical experiences, if you've had some. So we were going to talk today about mystical experiences in our series of mystical experiences, and we follow many people uh, that are at a Ph.D. level and are also yogis, and uh, we're going to share our inclusive decisiveness on the universe and its abundant identity of beautiful, limited beings that have a spirit of inclusiveness, and some people in the universe, quantum physics, use the power of three and even Max Tegmark, which I follow very closely, and his teachings in Sadhguru of India is a very popular speaker right now, friend of Deepak Chopra's. But through his MBA program, we come across many decisions learning of uh, how the executive leadership in the world is working together to reduce uh, crime, reduce fear, helping people adjust to their reality of morals and ethical decisions that make a difference in how you present morality to the world and how we're subjective to all this inclusiveness, making choices, right, about bringing joy to ourselves, other people, and how we benefit each other as authors. So ethics to me feels natural depending on what's rooted inside each human being for the benefit of sharing with other people that have known uh, experiences because our experiences is the platform we stand on that is below us, each as an individual inside the source, are all that is and then the ecosystem. And each continent has their own ecosystem 
uh, based on what is there as living entities, and that is air, water, earth, air we breathe, the land, uh, what it's growing, and, you know, from the pods to the uh, living plants to the flowers that bloom and the fruit we eat. So we're going to talk about what is sustainable and how people are controlled in the matrix with the fear And there's nothing to fear but fear itself. So here at the heart of humanity, we have the spirit of humanity and the inclusiveness within, and we all connect for a higher purpose we call intrinsic essence and cosmic identity. And I've asked Dr. Richard T. Knight to help us because he is exploring all the books that we've been uh, talking about in our groups for years and uh, how we and our egos and our way of being who we are now because we all need an ego to exist in cyberspace while we expand our minds. So let me get Dr. Richard T. Knight on here. Dr. Richard T. Knight, how are you today? I'm doing fine, thank you. How are you? I'm doing good. You're the president of our Honorary Authors Club Online, ACO brand that we've been expanding minds in Cyberspace Culture Club for years and years here on TJ Marcy 2 Radio. So I'm glad that you could join me today and talk about all that we are doing and our how we've been working. I listened to the Sad Guru this morning. I don't know if you're familiar with him, and I didn't ask you, but you wrote a lot of wonderful things uh, in consciousness, and you've helped me in the last two weeks. Uh, provide information to others and with our authors club working on the books we're working on we're independent authors folks and we all write our own books but I've been approached by many many different uh, publishers out there and how Richard could help us run the authors club and the subjects that we're going forward with with various companies uh, that distribute through Simon Schuster. But Richard is learning the business with me. He's been with me about a year now, uh, but he's known me for years. So we're putting together the ACIR Radio Speakers Bureau together, and uh, we're going to share software, computers, stories, publishing books, and the people that we trust uh, with their individual ego system and their own books. So Richard will help me approve what books will be going forward. Now, Richard, I've been interviewing authors for years, and uh, you are up and coming as the president. But I wanted to talk to you today about our cosmic identity and the diamond body that you mentioned a lot. So I was wondering what information uh, you had on uh, various realms and dimensions, because I've been listening to several of the yogis in India on YouTube, and I thought it would be a good time for our mystical experiences, how you foresee them as uh, body, mind, spirit. But they talk about our etheric realm and our etheric bodies. Are you willing to explore that in the diamond body level as our cosmic identity or uh, anything you want to talk about on cosmic consciousness? I'm willing to hear if you're willing to share your experiences. Okay. Well, I mean, you know, uh, yes, we have our five senses, of course, and, you know, our physical, mental, emotional selves, and then you have an astral body beyond that, which is basically uh, 
a part of yourself that you not only comprise inner work, but you can also travel to the astral plane. You can even go to the Akashic Records. You can go to all kinds of different places to illuminate yourself on your past foundation in lifetimes that you've spent previously. And in addition to that, then you go beyond that and you have the etheric body. And this is basically kind of like um, the ethers would be described as molecules on an atomic scale that basically cluster together as a form of light, okay? Because beyond the etheric body, then you have your light body. And your light body is just, just as the expression says, it's your body of light, okay? So in other words, this is, this is reaching up in levels, gradations, and what have you beyond your physical self. And then, of course, beyond your light body, which your light body, again, is basically fluid consciousness. In other words, it's an energetic form of uh, light that you can, that is yours. It's part of your spiritual signature, per se. And what is happening now on the planet, of course, now that we've entered the age of Aquarius, we are beginning to trans transluce and, and free ourselves so that in turn we are becoming our diamond selves or our diamond bodies. And our diamond bodies are very, very closely related to our natural spirit forms. In other words, if, if you were coming away from the other side, okay, naturally you have your uh, spiritual identity, your, your spirit consciousness, your soul, all of that put, put together that basically is a spark of God that, you know, your, your soul essence, your spiritual essence, in other words, when God decided to create you as a part of themselves, then in turn you were created. Then in turn from there you transited into a diamond body, which allows you to transit through universes and cosmos and the cosmos and, and all kinds of different dimensions, which is, as we've uh, designated before, are merely... Uh, different frequencies and different vibrations, and that what's, that's what's, what designates what a dimension is. So you would come forward into what you would call your superconscious, in other words, your, your spiritual awareness of all that you are. In other words, you're not limited necessarily to just one station on Earth. You could have several bodies in numerous different galaxies and numerous different universes all over creation. Uh, we were taught, of course, to understand and believe that we are purely physical beings and we are, have, you know, we are having a physical experience and this is all there is to us. And, of course, we were taught through fear to understand that when the body dies, we also die. Well, that, of course, is the biggest illusion that there is because the word death itself means nothing more than change. So if you come away from your superconsciousness, uh, you have your diamond body, which is a, a, an even finer form of light in the fact being that it is, it is multifaceted and it consumes a greater extent of not only the cosmic vibrations and the cosmic lights that are coming to us from the central sun and the moon and all the stars around us and the galaxies and so forth. All of these different vibrations and frequencies do reach us here on Earth. But of course, we don't talk about it a whole lot other than we speak very uh, designated about the moon, of course, and its influence. And then, of course, we have astronomers and we have astrologers, and the astrologers, of course, will do you an astrological chart as to when you were born and what planets were in your heavens and all these kind of different things and how these planets influence you throughout the entirety of your life. But anyway, the diamond body, 
okay, um, is basically beyond what science can really define other than to say that it is uh, a resonant vibration that is not earthly. In other words, it is a part of what makes up your spiritual self, but it is not truly earthly from the aspect being that it is outside the control of uh, physics in, here in the, in the realm of the earth. Uh, it is not compelled by, uh, you know, it's not controlled by gravity. It is not controlled by uh, the atmosphere. It is not controlled because it, it doesn't have the need to breathe because instead of breathing, it, depri- it derives its uh, basically energetic form from energy itself. So therefore, it consumes energy. And it's called the diamond body because it is on a diamond frequency, you could say, which I know that's kind of hard to perceive, but, you know, you, you break it down from your diamond body into your light body and your light body into your etheric body and your etheric body into your astral body and your astral body into your physical self. And, of course, when you speak of your physical self and, of course, referring to yogins or yogis, and gurus and all of these spiritually dedicated individuals, they will tell you that you have about 12 to 15 chakras. In other words, there are energy centers in the body, and you have a pair of energy centers in the soles of your feet. You have a pair of energy centers in the backs of your knees. You have a pair of energy centers uh, in your hips. You have a pair, uh, of course, then you have the root chakra, and then, of course, you have the... uh, Solar plexus, you know, the, um, let's see here, um, the root, and then, of course, the navel, and then from the navel to the solar plexus, and from the solar plexus to the heart, to the higher heart, from the higher heart to the throat, and from the throat to the third eye, and the crown, and then basically it starts building up in energy centers from there, okay? So you basically would have, uh, so, I mean, we're talking, uh, I just named, what, a, a dozen at least, but beyond that, of course, is your overall consciousness, and then, of course, your super consciousness, and then your diamond consciousness, because your diamond consciousness directly is in complete um, connection with your spirit, okay? Now, of course, when you tar- start talking super consciousness, uh, of course, which I refer to as the higher self. Because why? The higher self is basically like your conscious intelligence of all that your spirit knows and all that that is going on with your spirit, no matter how vast it may be or no matter how how pinpointed it may be and focused it may be. I mean, you know, you may be simply experiencing earth and earth alone. Or you could be uh, like myself and, and probably thousands or hundreds of thousands of others that are having what you would call dualistic lives or experiencing on a spiritual level other existences away from the realm of earth. And, of course, this more than verifies to you that, yes, we are immortals. We are eternal. We, the only thing that ever happens to us is change, and that is the constant throughout creation is change. Our bodies change. Our eyes change. Our, skins, our skin change. The body supposedly renews itself approximately every seven years. Um, which, you know, but of course, thanks to gravity and thanks to, you know, uh, 
our environment, our ecosystems and so forth, all of the various energies and pollution that we are subjected to, we do age over time. However, the mind itself is uh, a very, very powerful tool per se, okay? Now, when it comes down to consciousness, yes, we can go to altered states of consciousness, which would be our psi abilities, you know, all the clairvoyance and clairaudience and clairsentience and clair, uh, you know, ambiance and all of this, uh, which basically are extensions of ourselves because that's the way we are experiencing as a human being. In actuality, they are just part, parts and partis, participants and tools of our spiritual nature. So in other words, if you, begin, if you begin expanding yourself out, you naturally develop your spiritual nature, and the farther you go along your journey and your path, you can, in fact, uh, create reality as you so choose because you are not limited. Uh, the matrix and all of the programming that we are uh, exposed to and programmed with throughout the entirety of our human lives says that, no, you know, you are limited to this and you are limited to that and you are limited to this. And, you know, um, now when you go talking about ego, of course, ego is nothing more than a sense of self. And, yeah, we need to have a sense of self because otherwise how can we relate and how can we express ourselves to others? So as far as cosmic consciousness or our cosmic identity, um, I'm not sure exactly where that falls in the mix, to be honest with you. I mean, you know, I know that we have like a... Go ahead. Well, I, I know that uh, with mystical experiences in our uh, group of our Ascension Center uh, in our uh, ACE Metaphysical Institute, we talk about energy and conscious transformation. And following those from India, because of the reincarnation process, they share the body, mind, spirit, master classes and the miracle practices and channeling mastery that all the young kids are talking about today in Unlimited Mind, our Heart Math Institute. And many uh, people now tell me they watch Gaia TV all the time and they, they seem to understand how to talk to extraterrestrials or those beings. And from the gurus, they say it comes from yourself in science are another being in science such as uh, Thomas Campbell's uh, My Big Toe or The Theory of Everything, right? A lot of people have been going to science only, but now not so much because we have a glossary of spiritual wisdom and the cosmic identity now. And I noticed you refer to the diamond body a lot in interdimensional work and realms. So I know that we're clarifying now, at least in many of our YouTube courses and our online courses, ways to engage others with our own identity and personalities. It's a choice that in our diamond bodies, when we come down to earth, and those of the gurus, Sadhguru and others, say we come here to feel and be free due to love and the unconscious love of the universal love that people feel, and that when they come here, they're really not to be lost, that we are in service to others. So I know David Wilcock, a friend of mine, young boy, uh, has a big following. He said, two or three, well, at least two on the New York bestseller list in our author's club. And he talks to me on a regular basis in my emails. But, you know, he's really pushing the law of one, which Car uh, Carla Ruckert was the author and the channel of, and the L&L nonprofit with uh, 
Jim uh, McCarty, but with you, you talk about the diamond body and the dimensions a lot in the diamond body. So uh, the Glossary of Wisdom, I don't know where you want to go with this, but teaching others, so many of the books out there have these habit building and uh, teaching identity through, we have to have egos, so it has something to do with parapsychology. And you and I have talked about uh, others in the Stargate program, and you've even studied remote viewing. And we have Dr. Paul Smith, a PhD in our level of existence in our office club. Been talking with him a lot on LinkedIn lately. So how do you think all this is going to go to the next level? Because so many authors have their own way of teaching. Uh, Do you have your own manifest of how you see a version of the world being happier or joyous or in love because so many of these people that believe in reincarnation and yogis, they believe they're here to manifest like the Buddha, so to speak, just enlightenment. I don't know if that's where you're going or where your emotional connection is, but we all have to find out as authors what we're willing to put out there to others about our own. And our memories are strictly a platform to stand on. That's all they are is memories. But we still come and go, as uh, which you know you and I both had out-of-body near-death experiences, and we both died. So we have that ascension master level of understanding that you can come and go and life goes on. But not everybody has that reality. They don't have that plant end on that they've died or know how to do out-of-body or near-death at all, right? So I'm wondering is uh, – The unlimited mind, critical mass consciousness, the sea of God or the sea of ocean or the sea of source, all that is, if we're all just a little drop. But we seem to come back for freedom and free choice. And I've noticed in parapsychology and quantum physics, they're trying to find a way to pull back into philosophy, back from the Pythagorean and the monad, and how to describe all of this. If uh, Did you read any books? about that or did you just from your memory of past lives can you get into what you're experiencing or is it your experiences or is it books that you're just reading and putting in your memory because we're all doing both I think oh yeah it, you I know, mean, I've include- read thousands of books you know uh, as soon as I could read I've, I've always had studies in metaphysics and esoterics and all of the ancient manuscripts and all of the ancient traditions and hidden traditions and secret societies and all of that. That was, you know, uh, a compendium into metaphysics because metaphysics is a, is a grand umbrella that covers all that. And yeah, a great deal of it is all to do with various rituals. In other words, a ritual is taking your mind and focusing the intent of your mind on accomplishing a very, very specific thing. And so you go through physical acts and you utilize specific symbols and you utilize perhaps sound and you utilize light and all of these various things that surround us to all focus it into a pinpoint concentration to say, okay, this is my intent. I'm emotionally charging it. In other words, I'm giving it resonance from myself. I am mentally charging it because I am pinpointing, you know, that this is what I want to accomplish. And then basically you are kind of opening a portal between yourself and the universe energetically and projecting outward what it is that you want, and you release it. You let it go because from that point forward, 
the vibration that you've sent out is matched by the universe and it brings it back to you. And so the thing of it is uh, there's been a great deal of teaching for quite some time now. And it's not that I'm putting anyone down or that I'm saying anyone is more right than anyone else because naturally we are all journeying our own separate paths. The interesting thing is all paths lead to the same place and that is the source of all. So yeah, we each interpret everything that we experience. We each interpret everything that we've read. We each interpret everything that has come before us and comes before us now. And the interest well, now well, of... Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I was well, going to say for the, now, the, yeah, the interest in inclusivity, that we are all one and the same, is just being taught the way it's always been taught. But when we come down here into these humanoid body mind spirit beings that we've separated it into spirituality leadership uh inclusiveness thoughts decision making you know and nature lovers and right now the ecosystem is frail and we're the stewards but people are in fear and they're talking nuts about these shots people are taking and yet you know i've had my two shots but stupid stuff like that whether we believe in them or not it could just be the placebo effect affecting people and making them act in fear of those that have taken shots and those that haven't but if you're really teaching from the heart and the spirit of inclusiveness the teachers to me at the soul level that have passed over and died and come back and work with us as ascension masters they shouldn't worry just like the doctors that walked among the sick and had i mean the greatest metaphysicians like jesus you know the spirit of inclusiveness they shouldn't worry about if they're going to get sick or they should have enough placebo effect in them to believe in their own spirit that they will go on forever so they should be like immortal thoughts to me so you know we put people on pedestals to knock them off but sometimes they knock themselves off by being paranoid and in fear of their own egocentric books or what they think they're encompassing if you know what i'm talking about right so yeah, can you me. help me with that the ego well, I mean, of the inclusiveness and in decision making because we're talking about people that have mystical experiences that share them but yet we all have a cosmic identity and we all come down here, I guess, in your diamond bodies or your soul, another word for it, out of the cosmic ocean. And, you know, we want to help each other, I'm guessing, to be inclusive, to have 51% in service to others and 49% maybe to self. You have to have both in psychology, parapsychology. Well, you have to have an ego to be in your body. But people are having trouble well, yeah. with that disconnection. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're, like I said, your ego is your, your personal uh, identity. It's your persona. In other words, it's your personality. It is what you have come forward with after all of the experience and all of the knowledge and all of the wisdom you have gained to become the person that you are now. Now, the ego, of course, needs to be kept in check because, yes, it can become egocentric. In other words, you can go off the deep end from one perspective to another perspective, sometimes opposites in direction. Uh, so the ego should be utilized as a tool saying, okay, this is how I perceive myself. This is how I perceive everything that is around me. And it should be kept in check by both the heart and the mind. 
because otherwise you have all these people that are running around saying, well, I have the way and the only way, and all other ways are wrong. And, of course, we've had quite a bit of this down through the centuries and so forth. But where we are now is, you know, there's a great, the trend appears to be the ascension process, you know, ascending from 3D or our third dimensional, which is the matrix and the reality that we have created consciously as a race around us. And then, of course, our inner consciousness, which creates our own inner world that is projected outward directly in front of us. So our inner world, of course, uh, is a collection of all our friends, family, those that we respect, uh, teachers, guides, uh, all of these kind of different personalities and persons. And then, of course, in conjunction with the mass consciousness of the race, we have allowed the disintegration of our ecosystem on the planet. And yes, it is very frail because if we slaughter too many more trees, we won't have enough oxygen to breathe. And basically, that is what we have to have to survive. And yes, of course, we can obtain certain amount of it by water because naturally oxygen is also in water. But I don't see us becoming fish tomorrow. You know what I mean? As far as I know, I think we're still going to be walking on ground and interacting with each other the way that we do presently. But the thing of it is, is you want to emanate love, okay? Because love on a hertz scale supposedly is the highest vibration that a given individual can reach. And if you personify love, that means that you're loving yourself, you're loving everyone around you, you're loving everyone from the basis of total and complete acceptance and unconditional love just as Jesus did, okay? When you emanate or vibrate at the conscious awareness of love, you have no judgment, you have a full acceptance of everyone, and this, of course, brings about total unity because if you overcome fear with love, there is no fear. There is only love and acceptance. And, of course, love brings about harmony. And so the higher the vibration and the higher frequency you reach, the more and more you're beginning to shift dimensions, okay? So the fifth dimension would be like uh, paradise, basically speaking. In other words, no war, no hate, no crime, no, no cruelty, no deprivation, no bias, no hatred, uh, no anger, None of these things, because all of these are of a low vibration. And the earth, now whether this is happening dualistically in the same place and time, or if there is a minor differentiation between timelines, a timeline, of course, being uh, as we relate or infer experience in our lives, you know, a timeline is, 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 is what you're traveling upon saying, okay, well, this is happening to me, this is happening to me, and this is how we measure it. Well, if you start talking the globe, then in turn, you know, this is happening to the globe and this is happening to the globe. But over here, like, uh, uh, I don't know, maybe, a, maybe only a frequency or uh, a vibration above it, there is another world that in turn has already been formed and it is residing in the fifth dimension. And so one, I don't know, I mean, from my understanding of quantum physics and the, the quantum field and all of the mindset in regards to mental development and so on and so forth and various phases 
of altered states, various phases of consciousness, and all of these, basically what one does is you transit molecularly on an, you know, on an energetic level because you start producing a different vibration that is higher than the vibration that you were born into. And your frequency begins to match the fifth dimension and your physical self eventually shifts into the fifth dimension. Now, but again, as you said in the very beginning, everything is a choice. Uh, we come down here, and yes, we have a human experience, and of course, fortunately, we have free will. So that free will allows us to make choices as to what we buy into or what we accept as real or what we, you know, accept or expand out our consciousness to perceive as far as experience is concerned. So, you know, if, if you're vibrating pure love, which of course would mean that, that basically you have taken kind of a leap in a manner of speaking because you have transited your emotions so that no one can trigger you with anything of any kind ever from that moment forward simply because you're emitting pure love and that love is coming from your higher heart and basically being transited to you unto your higher heart from the source of all and so forth. So many people talk about their mystical experiences, but for 50 years we've been using mystical experiences and science and psychology, and there's a generally accepted 30-item checklist that I want to read to you. Now, they divide them into uh, four cosmic categories, mystical, positive mood, transcendence of time and space, and effability. But I'm going to read these to you and see uh, if you feel like – I mean, I know you've had, you and I have had – mystical experiences, but this is for our listening audience, and then I'd like you to expound on it. So the first, freedom from the limitations of your personal self and feeling a unity or bond with what was felt to be greater than your personal self. Number two is experience of pure being and pure awareness beyond the world of sense of impressions. Number three is experience of oneness in relation to an inner world within. Number four, the experience of the fusion of your personal self into a larger whole. Five is experience of unity with ultimate reality. Six is meeting that you experienced eternity or infinity. Seven is experience of oneness or unity with objects and or persons perceived in your surroundings. Experience of the insight that all is one. That's number eight. The number eight is in numerology our money number, right? So nine is awareness of a life or living presence in all things. Ten, gain of insightful knowledge experienced as an intuitive level. Eleven is certainty of encounter with ultimate reality and the sense of being able to know and see what is really real at some point during your experience. Twelve is you are convinced now that you look back on your experience that it is you that encountered the ultimate reality that you knew or saw what was really real. And 13, sense of being at a spiritual height. 14 is the sense of reverence. 15, the feeling that you experienced something profoundly sacred and holy. Now we go into factor two, the positive mood with 16, an experience of amazement. 17 is feelings of tenderness and gentleness 
18 is feelings of peace and tranquility. 19 is experience of ecstasy. 20 is sense of awe or awesomeness. 21 is feelings of joy. And then factor three, the transcendence of time and space. Uh, And that's 22 is loss of your usual sense of time. 23, loss of your usual sense of space. 24 is loss of usual awareness of where you were. 25 is sense of being outside of time beyond past and future. 26 is being in a realm with no boundary, no space boundaries. 27 is experience of timelessness. And your factor four is ineffability. 28 is your sense that the experience cannot be described adequately in words. 29 is the feeling that you could not do justice to the experience by describing it in words. And 30 is feeling that it would be difficult to communicate your own experiences to others who have not had similar experiences. Now, most people, when we're talking about experiences and mystical experiences, this is the MEQ, Mystical Experience Questionnaire, that researchers use. And they evaluate people, and we do this in our Authors Club as well. And so, folks, if you'd like to experience that or to help us, we have the uh, Panky Richards Mystical Experiencer Questionnaire, and that's used at Berkeley Education uh, as well. So there's 100 items in the state of consciousness, 43 in the SOQC with Panky Richards Mystical Experience Questionnaire. So uh, they carry it in the internal unity, the external unity, transcendence of time and space, ineffability and paradoxicality, your sense of sacredness, your noetic quality, and your deeply felt positive mood. So the remaining 57 is a questionnaire that scores, and we have instructions to use this in our research. So if you'd like to participate in our group as Authors Club Online that we're forming, we're getting our authors ready to work at this level with various uh, institutions around the world with our psychopharmacology levels of Council of Spiritual Practices, psilocybin research uh, that has been available. And uh, people have, with the John Hopkins University since 2006, have talked about this. But what's happened in the uh, world is we're watching a television show that's wreaked real good rewards uh, and we haven't dealt with this since, like, media coverage in 2006 to uh, 2015, 16 with our questionnaire. But it's called Nine Perfect Strangers with Nicole Kidman. And uh, people are really reacting to our media coverage uh, with television, live streaming. Uh, and we, uh, most of you know we have Google, Facebook, social media and a browser, but we're also watching everybody now based on their identity of their ISP code and their connection to communications. And of course, you guys know I have American Communications Online. And uh, we're looking how we can work with uh, some friends of mine that went back to work at MIT and uh, a girlfriend of mine, her husband, went back and she's in my psychic group. So we're all interested to see where we're all going to work together uh, as volunteers, uh, you know, writing these new books. And whether uh, – I, I don't want to use psilocybin or anything outside. I don't have to because 
having died and had death experiences, and Richard and I can go in that, you don't need anything if you already have forged a path or been struck out of body. Some have this happen at the sign of death or near-death experiences, and we've been working uh, for years with uh, different people, all the way back to uh, people that were authors, and many of us know that we trust them to put their their research in writing and uh it's all coming back right now richard for 2021 and the nine perfect strangers has caught on so well uh richard i don't i had to buy uh hulu to see it uh folks but it is a good cast and uh apparently there's a nine perfect strangers book too but that uh, mystical experiences, but this is about nine stressed city dwellers that uh, visit a boutique health wellness center, promise healing and transformation, and the resort's director is a woman on a mission to reinvigorate their tired minds and bodies. But she actually had a near death where she died or came back. And so this is where we're at in media, looking at how we're doing all this and how we all work together not in fear, but in lessons. And that's what Richard and I are offering you with our Authors Club online and bringing your books forward if you want to write a book and uh, help us with uh, mystical experiences and the charts we've been using for 50 years. A lot of people don't know they're out there. So, you know, uh, Richard, how do you feel about all these things I just shared? Uh, Council of Spiritual Practices uh, and where we're going in spiritual development, you know, uh, whatever you want to talk well, about, you know. Some of it relates and some of it's uh, an expansion upon what was previous, you know. Um, it is. I it's mean, always you know. regurgitated memories of over and well, over, depending on what level or past lives you've lived in and what we recall and bring back to the planet to serve others as a code of ethics for the council. And even Dr. Michael Sala, a friend of mine that's been on my radio show, is working with exopolitics. Each individual has their own following and their own books, right, and their own spiritual guides for tolerance or, you know, guides for profit or not for profit. And uh, you and I are attributing open source intelligence and, uh, you know, spiritual practices and writings and meditation and prayer and yoga, you know. So everybody's pretty much at the same place, whether you're using entheogens or meditation or prayer. We have a living theological diversity uh, written by Mike Young and uh, the Code of Ethics for Spiritual Guides even. So there's a lot out there, folks, and we're just cultivating spiritual guides uh, with our practices and services through our cultural awareness group called cultural, uh, we have cyberspace culture group meeting for about empathy, awareness, and wisdom globally. And Richard, I've asked Richard, uh, Dr. Richard tonight to help me serve individuals as spiritual guides and how we can move forward with our autonomy and dignity of each person as we participate in our primary religious practices based on a voluntary uh, group 
that we will be meeting around at our world events when it's safe again, hopefully in 2022, when we had COVID-19 under uh, wraps. And then we'll bring out our facilitators, et cetera, because uh, I feel like I'm looking for the competency in the world as these seniors that have a quiet presence that are safe against harmful consequences of helping others in a personal organization that I've got as a not-for-profit. And we're not about the bougie. <laughs> we're about sharing our spiritual community and how we're allowed to grow through our attraction to each other for promotions of our not-for-profit. And if we are aligning with each other and our spiritual con- connections. So uh, my uh, colleague, Janet Carolusson, has helped me for eight years She's very critical, and uh, I talked to her today about possibly coming on, but she had other things to do. But she was telling me that she will come forward, but she's being very critical about the author's books are the shows that we talk about, Richard. Uh, so you know, each person has their service to society, even in our spiritual practices and that we're designing together. But you and I have aligned uh, with social change in creating our cyberspace culture together, and then inside that, we're going to have various tracks. Uh, Can you disclose any of that for discussion? Uh, You know, everybody has mystical experiences. I don't know if they put it in their primary religious or monads, but, you know, they seem to think that if they've had near-death experiences, that they're dramatically transformative. So every human has their own drama. And I guess every human thinks their drama is the most important in their belief systems, values, needs, and desires. But uh, you haven't had a chance to see the nine perfect strangers, right? No, I have not. Uh, You know, uh, my focus is very wide view. Um, Yeah. You know, uh, I have, like you, I've (laughs) listened to different different speakers and so forth on YouTube and different podcasts and presentations of that nature. And yes, well, it does seem... You know, we all go out and seek counsel where we can get it from other guides. And, you know, we're about ensuring wholesomeness in each his or her, they, we, we even have to think about gender now, talking in media. And I have, of course, ACL Press Club, but... You know, I'd like to honor uh, what's been set up with my Society of Professional Journalists and Creative Common Attributions in Open Source Intelligence, but we can refer to Code of Ethics of the Spiritual Guides and Spiritual Practices, but, uh, you know, we can create our own. Now, some people will want entheogens, and Janet Carroll Lesson and Dr. Alexander Sasha Lesson has been uh, teaching that for the veterans in Hawaii, he did for years. He's retired now. He's 81 years old, so of course he's retired. But, uh, you know, he did his own psilocybin research and entheogens, and uh, whether it comes back or not, we're following into that cannabis and opioids and all of these things that for years, marijuana and all of that was not allowed or legally in psychological risk or whatever participants warned you know, of what would happen. But now we've changed the reality 
that all the baby boomers come forth and now it's being legalized all over, you know. So who's to say what's right or wrong? We can't really judge others whether they use, uh, like in this movie, Nine Perfect Strangers. She's actually had them all sign paperwork, but then I guess they didn't read the fine print because she's putting in tiny little drops and telling them that, the entheogen or the psilocybin is helping them, or she mixes a cocktail of two or three. So I strongly suggest uh, we, we don't endorse it. I'm just saying that you may want to uh, – I'm suggesting that you watch Nine Perfect Strangers. <laughs> and, well, and the question is, what is, what, is what, what is it that the, the, the series or the movie or whatever it happens to be, what is the gist or the bottom line that this – Nine Perfect Strangers is sharing with people. Well, it's it's different people coming together as strangers, which we do in radio, and they meet um, together and how they affect each other, which we've been doing for years in retreats. And I've been to some myself as a a spiritual coach, as a life coach, and how we bring them together, right? We have a counseling and we do life coaching and I wrote a book called Ace Life Coach explaining the different types of coaching that we do and uh, Nicole Kidman uh, she plays a Russian Dmitrychenko uh, Dmitrychenko it's a funny name uh, but uh, she's excellent and she's one of the executive producers but you know it has to do with our mystical experiences today because she puts these people into mystical experiences, but uh, let me look at IMDb because we use IMDb. But how a lot, is she? How is she doing it? Is she just in, in, introducing them to ingesting psilocybin yeah. or other hallucinogenic well, drugs? The well, that's been going on for thousands yeah. of years. I know, but this is the thing with we have the yoga retreat. You know, these people are coming. It's supposed to be in California, but me and Janet were talking about we don't know where it discloses because they have falls involved. And Dr. Alexander Lesson, uh, Dr. Lesson thinks it may be in Hawaii. We don't know where they're filming it, but it's beautiful. But we'll have to find out. I haven't seen this Wednesday. It'll only come out every Wednesday. So I'm up to number seven. And the nine perfect strangers. Uh, so so we'll each, each one is introducing a given individual, and this given individual in turn is describing their mystical experience? Or exactly well, what is, I mean, what's the theme of it? Uh, it's based on a drama mystery thriller. Uh, supposedly there was a book. Uh, okay. I haven't read the book. And uh, nine perfect strangers, uh Let's see. It says, uh, let me look up what Wikipedia says. I just paid them a few dollars. Okay, Nine Perfect Strangers (laughs) is an American drama streaming television menageries based on the 2018 novel of the same name by Leanne Moriarty, created by David E. Kelly, who has developed the series alongside John Henry Butterworth, and the series premiered August 18th, 2021 on Hulu. So you can only get it if you pay Hulu. But okay. it's such a huge uh, emotional uh, reality drama thriller that people are talking about it, and it's been on the news. It's been on television. That It's taking over. You know, it's in English. Uh, there's eight episodes, and it's a production uh, by Samantha Strauss, 
And uh, it's just, uh, I guess, from a book for our Authors Club. But, well, uh, then I guess anyone can go out and get the book off of Amazon or whatever called Nine Perfect yeah. Strangers. I mean, you know, and I'm sure if you read the book, then you won't have to pay Hulu, uh, you know, their <laughs> entertainment prices monthly in order to follow the series on their podcast channel. Because I'm sorry, you know, that's that's a wrong manipulation as far as I'm concerned. Uh, because that's depri- that's uh, streamlining, and I mean, this is going on with our television currently, if you notice. There's a streamlining of all these various programs and so on and so forth. They're going over to, uh, you know, Disney Channel or uh, Nature Channel or Gaia TV or all of these various televisions are, are television streams, you know, all the various channels and so forth have created their own individual stream of programs and naturally you're going to have to pay 13.99 a month or 15 dollars a month or 20 dollars a month or however much they decide demand to pay in regards to seeing all these various shows that are limited purely to their broadcasting there that you will not find them anywhere else regardless of whether it be nine perfect strangers or any other series But this is part of who we are now in our description, working inside the matrix with television live stream. And we all want to be entertained, including radio. And a lot of people got started in radio long before, you know, in the radio waves, long before they ever had television. Some of the great people did. But, yeah, we've gotten to a point where Amazon Prime Video, it says uh, that Hulu released a first-look trailer for the show during the 93rd Academy Awards airing on ABC on right. April 25th. Now, the final episode released September 22nd. So uh, I guess that was, what, yesterday? The final yesterday episode? on the fall equinox. Yeah, and that's interesting that you should bring that up which in is, our mystical which is, Yeah, because that's, well, the fall equinox, uh, also called uh, May Bone in some traditions, and other things in other traditions. But the principal thing is, of course, first off and foremost, you have the changing of the seasons officially from summer to fall. But it is (laughs) the only day in the year where light and darkness are completely balanced. So you have 12 hours equal of each. And that's why it is recognized as being the fall uh, equinox. The day of the full moon was Monday, September 20th. You're right. Yes. And so, yes, so you uh, have September. the combination. You have a combination <laughs> of the Pisces full moon that actually happened probably on Sunday and flowed into Monday and flowed into today because, you know, a full moon transits probably, Magical I believe, about nine <laughs> days. And, of course, uh, if, if you're into lunar practice as far as observing the moon and all of its phases and there so forth. Cool. Yeah. Then, of course, you know, on a new moon, you put before yourself whatever project it is that you wish to undertake. And, of course, as the moon waxes, building in periphery, okay, uh, then, you know, from quarter to half to three quarters to eventually full, by the time it has cycled uh, a full 30 days approximately, then in turn you have the full moon, which is the gestation and production of that project in total. So in other words, it's like you plant a seed in the new moon and the seed grows into a tree by the full moon so that you can reap 
whatever it is uh, the project is that you, you had put under hand to accomplish. And that's just basic the for moon magic. Moon. moon magic, yes. yeah. So mystical experiences and the magic that people are wanting to get into now, they're more open-minded, including guides and angels and ETs and etheric beings and guardians and all of that, guides. And, uh, you know, we're welcoming all of that, folks, even in television yes. and script Not writing me. and authors' books. Yes. If, if you want to get into ET, <laughs> if you want to get into ETs, of course, then you know I just uh, watched a hour and a half presentation by Mr. Hall, who used to be inside the, uh, you know, an enlisted per- person inside the U.S. Air Force, and he was uh-huh. a range, he was a range technician, and observer. Oh, Janet! Janet met him and had three books or four books signed, and the girl wouldn't send them back to her. She was going to mail them to her. So she lost yep. her signature well, book at the MUFON meeting. Yeah, he was a well, speaker. Anyway. Yeah, well, I mean, so, you know, uh, extraterrestrials is, is an entirely different – well, it's, it's part Charles of Paul. the whole – part of the whole, but at the same time, it is an entirely different stream of thought simply because – But it's part of uh, mystical experiences. Some people – don't know well, the level well they should know if they're divined if they're divining or profiting at a level of reality or if it's in this dimension or is it some some are getting uh connections through mystical experiences out of body near death experiences some are lucid dreaming and some are just transcending consciousness and some of us face space i don't know if this is uh what we're discussing the uh, cosmic identity and the and the mystical experiences together on this show for our spiritual community. So, uh, well, you know, what I mean, if, if I were if I were a regular if if I were a regular death. human being, which of course I claim not to be because I'm very strange and very bizarre and even weird but, but to some to be degree. Different, you know? Well, Unique. yeah, because you, you know I, I don't like being labeled. I don't like being put in a box. I don't like uh, being told exactly what attributes I do or don't have or how intelligent I am or how intelligent I'm not or, you know, well, all we of these many kind hats. of things. Yes, I wear hundreds of hats. Many people. Um, yes, but the thing well, of it is... Well, we have the Near-Death Experience Foundation, and I'm not a member of that. I'm a member of Society of Professional Journalists, but I've had near-death experiences, as have you. So yes. how do we want to work that with extraterrestrials? Because I've had extraterrestrial involvement as well. Well, I just wanted wanted to interject that Mr. Hall, okay, has come forward and was actually interviewed by Mr. Cyber for about an hour and a half. And during this interview, the man basically exposed in no uncertain terms what our government has been doing with E.T. since 60. So, I mean, you're talking 60 years, all right? And the the overview was this from the from the aspect being that our government has been in touch with what are labeled as tall whites, which are extraterrestrials that do have physical bodies similar to ours. However, their fingers are longer than ours, their thumbs are shorter than ours, and their eyes are wider and longer than ours in the fact being that they wrap partially around their, their skulls. Their ears are smaller than ours, their hair is very, very fine and almost translucent. 
even though they do have it at times, it may appear, uh, say, for example, under light or whatever, they appear to be blonde. But at the same time, if they're uh, cast under the night sky, it would appear that they have just translucent or almost pure white hair. So anyway, they range from uh, 6 to 8 to 12 foot tall, okay? And they don't live like we do. They actually live 10 times longer than we do, about 700 years. Okay. Okay, tall whites. Yes, he wrote the books, folks, in our Authors Club, a story based on the books called Millennial Hospitality. If you're interested in his books, Charles James Hall, who claims that he was living with extraterrestrials for two years, and he was scared to death of his first encounters with the tall whites. But he came to call them that, and uh, they're in his books. He overcome his fears. And he communicated with the extraterrestrials. Now, that's his story. And his uh, YouTubes can be seen on Bean.com videos and on YouTube, uh, Michael Jacobson. And, uh, you know, we're all about helping people in our spirituality community and our uh, Authors Club and our Alien Contact Organization, ACO Authors Club Organization. Anyway. Bearcast. You seem to believe that he's it's time for disclosure, and he brought that out. So uh, yes, do you want to mention any more about extraterrestrials or just those? Did he well, did talk I about the to, little gray? I wanted to or, I wanted to blend this in because he he wasn't having a mystical experience; rather, he was oh. being presented on a physical level that these ETs not only exist, but they are being assisted by our uh, military and our U.S. government, and that they in turn have been meeting now for, I would guess, in dreamland for approximately 50 years or better, okay, and that we refurbished their scout ships, and that, uh, you know, the scout ships were refurbished with 90% of materials that we are making here on Earth, and that in turn, in, in addition to the scout ships that, uh, you know, they have even larger ships that naturally uh, defy gravity and so forth and can travel beyond light speed. So, yes, they can travel a humongous distance in a very short period of time. Um, and they have, you know, all of these different capab capabilities and so forth, but yet they are, I don't know that you would classify them as helpful in a manner of speaking they are, but in a manner of speaking, they're not. I would say that they're more here to observe us and learn from us or learn about us while being here um, rather than actually helping us extensively. You know what I'm saying? In other words, yes, they shared uh, how to create radios that would receive a broader spectrum of radio frequency. Uh, the reason they shared it, of course, was they were asking us to help resupply or build radios to replace the ones that they themselves have been using. And so naturally, we gained the knowledge in doing so by being able to replicate it for ourselves. Um, and there were other things that they shared with, with us in minor increments. And um, that, you know, over time, of course, I have no access to such... Uh, airfields and so forth uh, owned by the, the Air Force, um, or am I 
anymore affiliated with the military. I used to be an army member, but uh, I was never. But the fact that I'm pointing out is the fact that uh, ETs are here. They're alive and well. They have been visiting us for a very long time. And Mr. Hall came forward and explained that fortunately for him, under his direct orders from the Pentagon, he was never told or sworn into secrecy. So therefore, he is not violating any kind of privileged information. Instead, he was told that he could talk about anything to anyone at any given point in time. So it's not so much a disclosure, it is more a sharing of his experience. And I'm sure anyone listening will find that extremely interesting because he goes into very vivid detail. And yes, he gives you the impression that this is something that he actually experienced and not just a figment of his imagination. But that would be... He, he, he was interviewed back by one of our colleagues that's been on this radio show, Dr. Michael Sala, who's a colleague of mine with exopolitics.org. And he does great reporting as far as I'm concerned, but that's my personal opinion of uh, his reporting. But he is very curious, and he's very good. But he had the millennial hospitality, and he asked, Dr. Sala asked him in 2004, why he? Uh, why did you call this a book of fiction? But he said he had to protect himself and men who served with him, so he changed the names to protect the innocents, including the servicemen that he replaced. And it was uh, psychological pressure and trauma. But how it says, uh, how, how did you recall the conversation? But he said that he didn't keep a diary, but he did keep a logbook. So he was remembering. Uh, remembering. Uh oh, are you there? Yeah, still here. Can you? Oh, that's yeah, interesting. Yeah, I hear you just fine. All right. Well, he summarized his conversation. So, folks, uh, if you'd like to read his books, uh, you know, we here uh, with uh, Dr. Knight as the honorary uh, president of our ACO Club, our Authors Club, Oregon, the Sensitive Center, Oregon, Alien Contact Tour. We use ACO brand for a lot of different groups in our social media groups, but they're all volunteers and we don't pay anything to help market and promote in our social media groups but it's very interesting to me uh, I don't know what's going on but we have books and we uh, help each other and we promote each other and uh, in our book club and our authors club and uh, I'm very much up on near-death experiences and uh, the tall whites because I've personally been involved with them. I'm very interested in other people's books. So, are we still on the air, Richard? Yes, as far as I know, we are. Okay. You can tell me better uh, than I because you have the controls. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what's going on. Uh, it should yeah, be I guess showing we're still the on. recording. Okay. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just making sure because we were carrying a lot of titles of different authors in our authors club. Uh, for well, anyway, we're we're trying to focus on mystical experiences, and yeah, those are far and wide. And of course, extraterrestrials. These, he yes, said because that he, he had the experiences. Yes, that was that was a live experience being exposed to extraterrestrials. And the extraterrestrials, you know, had their own way, their 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 own culture, and so on and so forth. And he was interjected into that, and he he served, he was around them for a period of two years. So obviously, 
there would be a tremendous amount of memory and there would be a tremendous amount of learning experience and so forth. But what I'm trying to say is that dependent on how expanded your mind is and how open you are determines exactly what kinds of experiences you can have. So, you know, if, if you want to have a mystical experience, which is a huge umbrella that covers everything from seeing God to visiting by being visited by angels or being visited by other entities and beings from different dimensions and different universes and so on and so forth. All of those are classified as mystical experiences simply because in order to have them, you are in some way, shape, or form in an altered state of consciousness. And, you know, an altered state of consciousness is nothing more than a shift of your awareness to a pinpoint focus on one particular avenue of exploration. That's all altered consciousness is. Now, if you take it to the extreme and you start inducing LSD or psilocybin or a number of other uh, hallucinogenic drugs that I can mention, then in turn what you're, you're not just experiencing an altered experience from the aspect of going through meditation or going through pinpoint focus mentally and, and reaching up to your spiritual self. No, instead, you are now traversing through your mental capacity to create whatever it is you can imagine. And so, therefore, you're looking out a window from a different aspect. Uh, it's, it's not just an altered state of mind. It's an altered state of re relating and reflecting on everything that is going on around you because you would find that, in turn, it has been altered. Uh, you experience time difference. You experience uh, everything as energy to some capacity, but again, it, it's going to depend on what kind of hallucinogens you are taking, and hopefully you are in a group setting, or if not a group setting, at least there is another person that is either under, under the influence along with you, or they are guiding you in some principal journey or pathway, so that as you experience these hallucinations or impressions from your imagination, that in turn, you know, you would have the guidance of where you're going and what it is you're looking for or looking to experience. Whereas otherwise, if you're just simply taking the, med you know, the, the medicines or the uh, drugs themselves without any guidance, then of course, uh, whatever your mind pops up is going to be what you experience. But only in, it's almost like a lucid dream while you're wide awake. I guess that would be the best way to, to describe the experience of hallucinogens. But the funny thing is, okay, LSD is, is principally made by the brain, but it's, already, it's being made at such a minute amount that it is actually what colors the faculty of our imagination. Whereas, whereas if you start ingesting more LSD, then of course it heightens that ingestion of the lucidness of our imagination so that you can explore all kinds of things. Well, you're going to say? Yeah. And uh, we are citing books, folks, in our Authors Club. Charles Hall, uh, the TV show Nine Perfect Strangers that just uh, it premiered and its final was on yesterday. And we also mentioned uh, the full moon and uh, rituals now with Richard T. Knight with our Alien ETFO community and uh, our allied council intergalactic relations we have color spectrums 
And uh, we can go into that for your mystical experiences about lost souls or avatar ascension masters and Agassan Salmon masters. We have tools that we use as life coaches and spiritual intuitive counselors with our groups. Uh, now, we're custom among our avatars and Agassan ascension masters to choose to return from time to time to continue our world and our work. But not everyone on earth has levels of ascension to understand the comparisons as it should be. So sparks are ignited on various levels in our worlds, in our universes, in our minds. And we've got a heritage of uh, those in India with legends, myths, religions, traditions, oral stories. And I've found that many of the Indians and the gurus that teach specifically reincarnation are, they understand ETs, extraterrestrials and the wars, and uh, they're reawakening our core experiences and our existence in the Ascension Age. So I've taught for years the Ascension Center Organization Enlightenment, our cleansing DNA activation, and uh, written about it for years and years uh, on blog talk, on, on Google, uh, on my websites. And uh, Richard is assisting me now. And we were going to have some other authors on, but uh, due to uh, some unforeseen circumstances, they couldn't make it. So I apologize if you had uh, seen something on Facebook or something I promoted. But the rainbow colors, red, orange, yellow, green, blue, indigo, violet, pink, gold, white, and the gray aliens I got into. So gray was a color of initiation. It's really... uh, a color that can reflect industry and organization, but not everybody likes to talk about energies, waves, illumination in colors, but we do share gray and silver to reflect the awakening of the feminine energies like the moon and energies and abilities of illumination and intuition and creating imagination. So imagination and out-of-body experiences aren't really a bad thing, but they are different from a near-death experience, uh, I don't know if Richard, if you can talk about that or would want to, but, uh, you know, we have black as confusing colors, uh, but silver, prana, the breath of life and light, and how we describe the breath, and uh, we all have to breathe, okay, so air is important, and uh, we discuss everything from just existing, how you breathe to light workers cleansing. And uh, Richard, I don't know if you want to talk about raising vibrations and how we relate to DNA activation for inner awareness and self-discovery, but mystical experiences can be brought on and then we're learning to discuss the light bodies and neural thoughts and the lessons of the colors we teach for chakra balancing and I think you sort of alluded to that effect earlier you know and we've discussed personality uh, inspirational leaders humanitarians and how we can be self-sacrificing and helping each other violet is a good self-knowledge spiritual awareness but do you want to help us with mystical experiences what the how Maybe we should say, how do you get into a mystical experience? I I read the 30 ways that we can talk, but do you think is this is a good time to go into the colors? We have some time left. Or is that unpacking it too well, far into intuition? I don't know. I mean, you know, uh, colors are a vibration. They're a frequency. 
They're also a bandwidth that we use our eyes to see with. I mean, you know, we, we consciously are aware of a spectrum of light that our eyes perceive. And anything outside of this spectrum of light, then, of course, uh, we don't see it because we can't perceive it with our mind's eye through our eyes. So, you know, um, various yeah, colors represent... Of the uh, way we use that in our psychic abilities and the uh, curly and photography field that you know a little bit about the machines. And all right, how let's they not get to... too far afield here. You're talking too many subject matters all at one given moment. I mean, okay, well you take <laughs> it away and I'll listen. You you lead that level. I'll, I'll mute. You go ahead. Well, I mean, you know, if you start talking about colors, of course, there's black, which is the very beginning and also the ending of all things, simply because the color black absorbs all other colors. And on the other end of the spectrum is white, and white is the same as black. It also absorbs all other colors. And then, of course, like, uh, you know, we have our rainbow colors. You know, you have... uh, Red, of course, which represents energy. It can also represent anger. It can also represent love to a certain extent. It can also represent uh, things in transition. Then you have orange, and orange is basically like a a mental color. It is is, uh, your mind in action, per se. Then you have yellow, and yellow is more uh, mental concentration. In other words, it's it's focused mental alertness uh, to a certain extent. And then you would have uh, blue, you know, and blue, of course, uh, is your emotions. It's also uh, how you feel, how you sense things, how you, how you become aware of things that affect you and how much they affect, affect you and to what extent they affect you. And yet at the same time, if you surround yourself with blue, like, for example, if you were to go into a blue room, you would find that the blue color itself is very calming because it also represents the ocean. It also represents peace. It also represents understanding to a certain extent. And so then you move on from there to green. And green, of course, um, is very harmonizing. It's, it's very um, peaceful to a certain extent. It, it brings about peace of mind and peace of heart to, to, in some capacities. It is also the color that is used for healing, or can be used for healing, and it is also uh, the color of the forest and the, and the color, you know, the color of, of plants and so forth. So it's uh, and of course the color of money. So and then of course you move on from there to brown, and brown of course is a color of earth and is very grounding. Anyway, uh, so then, you you know, uh, you, you could move on to various shades. You know, you get into violet and you start talking the violet flame of transformation and transmutation by St. Germain. Uh, violet is basically a color that uh, represents the beginningness of uh, spirituality to some extent. And then you get into purple, and purple is pure spirituality. So, again... Uh, you know, indigo, of course, is, is, is a cross between blue and green. And so, you know, the colors themselves, of course, can be mixed uh, together and create even more colors of the spectrum and so forth. But 
the colors themselves are energy, they're vibrations. Uh, and, of course, they can also be uh, given sonic sounds so that in, in turn not only does the color represent uh, an influence emotionally and mentally, but it can also influence you from a sound wave perspective. And again, this is all knowledge that has been understood by magicians for thousands of years, okay? You know, you use colors uh, to represent different aspects of your emotions. You represent colors, uh, utilize colors for, for different projects. You utilize colors for, for, to bring in certain moods and all of this kind of thing. And uh, then, of course, you know, you can, you can use them in candles. You can use them uh, to paint pictures. You can use them to paint walls. You can use them to paint buildings, you know. And, and these are the colors that surround us all the time. I mean, you know. And so each of these colors has a vibratory rate that reaches you in, on an instinctual level that creates a specific corresponding emotion within your feeling sense as well as your mind. And then, of course, if you get into your psychic senses, well, then that is yet a further expansion, not necessarily on color, but more so on awareness in regards to being able to sense sounds that persons don't normally hear, in regards to seeing things such as spirits and so forth that people don't normally see. So if you wanted to get into a mystical experience, I would suggest that you begin with meditation. Now, meditation is a quieting of the mind and a relaxation of the body at the same time. It can be brought about by many different methods and focuses. Usually, uh, a good one is just to focus on your breath. Uh, Teresa was mentioning, you know, your breathing. Of course, we all have to breathe. Well, if you expand your breathing, in other words, if you begin taking deep breaths and you say, for example, that you... Um, when you inhale, you are inhaling everything that is good and positive, nurturing, and sustaining to yourself. And when you exhale, you are getting rid of all that is negative that in any perspective harms you or is uh, taking away from you. And you are releasing it so that in turn it, it no longer uh, does anything negative to you, etc., etc. And you just begin slow breathing and, you know, you, you can... Uh, there are lots of different uh, audios. There are lots of different MP3s and, you know, MP4s, all kinds of different meditation tracks. There are thousands of them around now, um, you know, done by various people. You can utilize a guided meditation where a person is suggesting to you uh, in a relaxed state of mind that you are going to experience these different things and you are going to see these different things. And they, they actually take you on a journey. I've done this myself as presented to small audiences in the past, where you actually walk a person through an experience of meeting, for example, their spirit guide, okay? Or you can walk them through an experience where basically they have a karmic release of all that has karmically negatively built up into their spirit over a period of time, and you release all of these karmic ties. And there are cleansings, and there are... Uh, manifestations of goals and virtues and things of this nature that in turn, you know, uh, again, in a meditative state where the mind is quiet, the body is completely relaxed, the breathing basically becomes rhythmic, okay, because that's the state of being we normally are in, 
but only rhythmic at a much slower pace than what we would normally intake because the body has not got the same demand uh, when you're in your full waking state as it would when you're in a state of meditation. So let's, let's say that you decide that you want to meet your guardian angel, for example. Again, this would be a meditation that takes you through steps into meeting your guardian angel. And again, this is using your imagination simply because, you know, as a guide, I am suggesting to you that, to you that this is what you're going to experience. And you may vividly imagine that this is actually transpiring. So yes, as a given individual, while you are in a group setting being led into meditation, you are still going to have an individual experience of whatever it is that you encounter whether it be in a spiritual level, whether it be purely through your imagination, whether it be sensed by your emotional self, or experienced by all of these at the same time. And whatever you encounter, of course, is going to be very individualistic, because naturally, we each have different guardian angels, we each have different spirit guides, we each have different assistants from the spirit realm, and all of these different uh, entities and so forth, uh, and whatever you can imagine, you can reach out to and make contact with, whether it be an extraterrestrial, whether it be uh, an ascended master, whether it be a guardian or a guide or a teacher. All of these can be ascertained as a mental focus when you are in meditation, a relaxed state of being, okay? Because you're no longer paying heed to your regular mental self, Instead, you are paying more heed to what you are experiencing through your relaxed meditative state, which is a higher state of your mind. It is, it is opening a different frequency of your mind, and it is allowing your imagination to come to the fore so that in turn you can create whatever it is you wish to experience. And yes... This would be considered an altered state of mind, and whatever you experience would be considered a mystical experience because it is something that you are, in, you are indu- inducing, whether you are practicing this solely by yourself or if you happen to be in a group experience where you are being led through a, by a guide to experience a, a particular thing. Um, and like I said, There are all kinds of meditative tracks that are on both MP3s and MP4s. Uh, I'm sure there are meditation sessions that are produced by various persons on YouTube. Uh, I'm sure that, you know, you can go to uh, Zoom meetings and have a meditative state, state induced in a group setting, but on Zoom where you actually physically see each other even though you are not physically present with each other, you are still there in the same space with them or cyberspace in a manner of speaking because that's the medium that you're using. So mystical experiences. Now, when it comes to out-of-body experiences, yes, uh, again, if the body is completely relaxed and everything, you can induce an altered state of being from the aspect that you are allowing yourself to leave your body in its regulated state of being. In other words, when you go to astral projection, you are leaving your physical self and going in your astral body to the astral plane. 
And that would be considered an absolute mystical experience simply because you're astrally traveling to wherever it is you wish to travel to and whatever you experience at that destination would be purely a mystical experience because, again, you are experiencing it alone. So, therefore, whatever you experience, excuse me, would in turn be brought back and shared with you mentally and emotionally to others as, you know, something that you've mentally and emotionally experienced in your astral body. Um, and then, of course, you can do the same. Uh, remote viewing is a bit different because remote viewing is not necessarily a mystical experience. It is more of a mental concentrated experience from the aspect being that you are wide awake and your body is wide awake. However, you allow your body to go into a relaxed state and you divide from your mental self or your awareness a portion of your mental awareness and you project it to wherever it, the destination is that you want to view and you then in turn are viewing whatever is transpiring there with a mental part of your consciousness. So you are not traveling in the regular sense of the, of the word, rather you are projecting part of your mental consciousness so that in turn your perception reaches out to wherever it is you want to view and you view whatever is taking place and you are viewing this as though it were happening in front of you even though you are not physically there. The reason being that our mental consciousness can also be projected just as easy, easily in the physical world as it can in the astral realm and into other dimensions or other uh, galaxies, universes, etc. So, a mystical experience is usually something that profoundly changes a person. So when you start talking near-death experience, then you are talking about a spirit, uh, a, 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 an experience where basically the person was so close to dying that their spirit actually, at least for a short period of time, left their body. And while they were outside of their body, they experienced whatever it was that they experienced, whether it be, you know, uh, visiting with persons from the other side, past, you know, relatives and friends that have already passed over to the other side, or maybe they uh, might visit with uh, angels, or they might visit with guides or guardians, or they might visit with ascended masters, or they might even go to wherever it is they wish to perceive themselves as going to the actual presence of God or goddess or whatever deity they are in harmony with as far as their uh, understanding and their knowledge and their wisdom. So they go to that particular perception and they have a spiritual experience as well as a observation and a interjection of themselves into that reality and then of course they are slam dunked back into their body. And that's why it's called near death simply because they have not died in full Rather, their vital signs got very close to death, and basically their conscious awareness left their physical cells long enough to be outside of their, their physical bodies to experience a mystical experience or a spiritual experience, and at the same time, their body was very close to near death or nearly dying. Now, when you transit to the next uh, 
plane of consciousness, you could say, where the body has physically died, then the spirit, our spiritual essence, basically has looked back down upon the body to see what is going on and has determined that it wishes to go away from the body completely so that the body actually physically dies. In other words, whether the brain stops or the heart stops or both stop, uh, but on a physical sense, they are physically dead. The body is no longer functioning in a conscious manner. Uh, instead, it has you know, begun uh, transiting into the various states of metamorphosis that occur while the body is no longer alive, okay? And your spiritual consciousness, your awareness, and all of that has transited away from your body, and now in turn, you are having a mystical experience or a spiritual experience that expands your awareness, okay? And again, whether you transit and are met by angels or you're met by extraterrestrials or you're met by ascended masters or, in fact, if you go before the face of God or the face of goddess or the, whoever the deities are that you wholeheartedly believe in as being in control or sustaining us on an energetic level, then in turn those would be the ones that you experience uh, in being in, in the presence of. Now, I can share with you directly that I have been to the other side. I have physically died. I was legally dead for 33 minutes. Um, and while I was away from my body, my consciousness uh, went up through the, the ceiling of the hospital and into the night sky and into the t colored, multicolored tunnel. And at the end of that, then in turn, I met what I perceived at the age of 14 to be God, okay, because I was raised Christian initially as well as being introduced and taught a great many other traditions at the same time. But fundamentally, my perception of what God would be is what I perceived. And I was shown the book of life, and, you know, when uh, the book was turned to my page, it was shown all that, that I experienced up until that point. Uh, I was told in no uncertain terms that I had agreed to do a great many things and that I must return here. Now, did I want to come back? Of course not, because... The love and the compassion and the bliss and the ecstasy and the well-being and the full acceptance of all that I am on a spiritual essence basis as well as the freedom of being a spiritual entity, I felt a love and an ecstasy and a sheer joy that it is very hard to put into words simply because our understanding of love is not the same as the love that you experience when one is in, in the presence of deity, because deity is all accepting, all understanding, and therefore, you know, it, it, it's a love on a different level is the best way I can describe it. So anyway, then, of course, I came back to the body eventually, and unfortunately, when I woke up, I was in a tremendous amount of pain uh, because the surgery had not been completed. I was not sewed clothes and all these different things. And I had physical validations that, yes, in fact, I had died, that, yes, in fact, certain things had been taken out of my body, and, yes, uh, I was shown these physically, and all of these different things. Um, and, yes, in addition to that, I've had several other near-death experiences where I nearly died, such as from pneumonia, 
being surrounded by six foot of snow um, and, and different things of this nature. So yes, you can shift your consciousness out of your body anytime you so wish and anytime you so focus and direct and have the intention to do so. Uh, it is not a limitation. We are told over and over again that we have all these limitations. We are also told that, you know, you have to go away and, and sit in a cave and practice mantras for year after year after year until eventually you reach, to, reach an altered state of mind where you experience bliss and peace and a separateness from this reality to the extent that that is the reality you would rather be in than actually participate in your physical realm and interact on a physical basis as a social being, which, of course, we all are. So there are lots of different mystical teachings. There are lots of mystical traditions. And the, the unique thing is, and this is where unity plays a great part of it, and that is I do wholeheartedly believe that we are all created and we are all sustained from one source. Now, whether it be one consciousness or a multitude of, of consciousnesses or uh, one specific deity or several deities or perhaps a har harmony of deity that is uh, triple in nature, in other words, one male, one female, and a son, or whatever it happens to be, um, the, the fact remains that one source created us all, and to that one source we all return. And I guess this would be the law of one in a manner of speaking, from the aspect being that there is one source that sustains us all. So, so you know, mystical experiences, near-death experiences, out-of-body experiences, these are all the same, just utilizing different words to describe them from different aspects or from different perspectives. And colors are the same way. Colors can be very moving or they can be very relaxing, or they can be very focused. Um, they can, you know, they can start up your engine, as they say. They can revitalize you. They can, uh, or they can surround you with peace, and they can surround you with uh, harmony, and they can surround you with a sense of spirituality, with a sense of inner peace and inner resonance, and uh, all of these kind of different things. Tracy, you have something more to add? No, thank you. You've done pretty good. Uh, I think you've done an excellent job uh, expressing yourself for us. And uh, the cosmic identity depends on who you are before you come here, I guess. And we're going to talk about mystical experiences and all things that we uh, help others with as authors. I think we're introducing our independent authors and our business to help people at home and they get an idea maybe of our, if they'd like to do mystical experiences in the future in our series, our writing books that can guide others on spiritual paths. They're welcome to uh, share information that uh, we're looking for. And, uh, you know, our Ascension Cosmos Oracles was all about universal life. And you and I will do a show Sunday and talk more about spirituality. Today, uh, we're uh, manifesting a category on the radio with paranormal. So uh, anything else? Uh, we could end actually early today, if you'd like, for self-identity, soul-identity, diamond bodies, spirit, astral bodies, books of souls, reincarnation, all of the above. Uh, 
had to do with paranormal spirituality education and books of our author's book club that Richard is our honorary president. If you would like to get in contact with him or me, uh, please do so. I used uh, Gmail just for the sake of uh, convenience. I have director at UAP.associates as a business uh, and I have uh, TJ at AmericanCommunicationsOnline.com. But Richard, uh, I don't know anything else uh, you'd like to add. Uh, the meditation was good. We added the colors and mystical experiences. We can bring people on. Uh, I like the fact that we covered Charles Hall and uh, his books. Uh, and, uh, you know, there's a lot of things to do with how we're growing our spiritual community. But it's a big encompassing thing we're doing here. Uh, and we have a lot of social media groups out there, folks. And it's hard to understand everything, but we have our Cyberspace Culture, our UFO Association, Alien Contact Org. We have so many different topics in our groups, but this is TJ Marcetti Radio, my company, American Communications Online, and Richard's helping me decide what books and what topics under spirituality or paranormal. And uh, we invite people that know us in free social media like LinkedIn or Facebook. Uh, we follow Google, and uh, we have UAP theories as to what's out there. But, you know, it's it's up to you to decide if you want to share with us your mystical experiences or your paranormal history. And I have plenty of books out there on Lulu and Amazon by Teresa J. Morris. And Richard's helping me write a book of my experiences and Men in Black. And we don't know which way that's going to go yet. We're working on our esoteric and our mystic guides and our spirituality wellness guides. And we have so much going on and uh, we're writers. So Richard, uh, Global Economic Reset, I did a YouTube on that as TJ Morris reporter and I'm making YouTubes, but uh, right now we're in a transition. So Richard, uh, I don't know, we're doing so much with projects, uh, Magic, MAJIC, Human Intelligence 2020, how we're going forward is up to each individual, but yet to be all inclusive as a cosmic identity. And, uh, you know, I found it funny that you kept talking about the diamond body and what, and I found that in Sid Guru and a lot of people. So cosmic identity and uh, how they use that word cosmic identity, it says your cosmic identity, everyone has a galactic signature a vibrational code that reveals a higher dimensional expression of who you are. Your galactic signature is one of 260 frequencies of the galactic time matrix, a combination of tone and tribe. So a lot of people are following that uh, cosmic identity and Ridwan, a guru, uh, cosmic identity. So uh, there's videos and the cosmic identity by different people and the different ways they express that in the galactic family that we are creating with various people, uh, including Dr. Michael Sala, Dr. Stephen Greer with the 5D Experiencers, Mutual UFO Network, uh, Center for UFO and Studies, Richard and my group, UFO Association, UAP. Richard came to me for UAP Associates and we haven't expounded on that yet, but Richard's had a lot of identification, unifying cosmic identity with uh, the Pythagore Pythagoreans and the modem of uh, 
how we think forward with the monad. Uh, Richard, I don't know, inclusive decision-making, the cosmic identity, anything, you know, because some have the divine matrix, some have books on cosmic identity. You've had Marcy Cossage come on about tones. It's it's very expansive what we're doing in our Authors Club. So uh, I don't know. Uh, do you want to talk about anything else? The Cosmic Citizen. Why are people transmigrating their stages of development into this freedom of the cosmic citizen? You can find that, folks, on the Ascension Glossary. They talk about the translocation of a person doesn't have to come back to Earth. But people are talking now. They're they're identifying not just with birth, life, and death, but their cosmic identity in the cosmos. We're literally talking about the cosmos now and being cosmic citizens in space. So yep. it's not it's always been around the laws of the planets and the inhabitants of the cosmic identity. So we're just adding to that, and uh, you know. If people believe in consciousness and sovereignty and spiritual freedom and inclusiveness, there's many ways to do that. Uh, the blueprint yeah. of the uh, Christos Sophia and the Merkaba or Merkaba and the diamond body is. Do you think that Merkaba or the Merkaba and the diamond body is really describing two things of the ascension process or the logo of the light body? Alchemically, I mean, I don't wonder if you want to break it down, but it's the inner wisdom no, of knowing that that's, you're part of that's God a very deep. That, that's a very deep subject matter, and it would take it <laughs> takes it would take a great deal of explanation as to what the Merkaba is. Uh, as far as uh, the cosmic signature, yes, I am in agreement with that because yes, needless to say, we are all created by the one creative source individually. You know, so naturally we would each in turn have our own signature on a cosmic level, on a universal level, on a creation level. And yes, that signature would be a tone, it would be a vibration, it would be a frequency, it would be a combination of all of these that in turn would set you apart individualistically as the identity that you are when you were created. And yet at the same time, there would also be a marker within it that indicates that you are all that we are all basically of one huge family because we are all sons and daughters or created entities of the one source of all that sustains all of creation itself. So you would have that creative frequency or the create, creator's frequency as well as your own individualistic frequency and vibration that would set you apart and identify you as the being that you are, while at the same time radiating the light and the love from the essence that created you. So, well, yes, there, there's... Well, a lot of people talk about the ascension cycle, right, and the star seeds and indigos and the monadic consciousness and the diamond heart. And, uh, we're, you know, working with heart math and different groups and the crystal heart and... Uh, the diamond sun and the diamond heart and the 5D parallel. All these topics are uh, really assisting. We're looking for words and ways to communicate with each other, folks. So there's various ways to do that as light workers, truth seekers, grid workers, and uh, how we handle the astral body and the ascension process and how we think consciousness 
consciousness, and everybody's talking about the Trinity waves and the uh, resonance and vibrations of the planets and the universes and, uh, you know, what's light energy, what's dark energy, and, you know, in quantum physics. And we've gotten all the way up to uh, the way that we crystallize and we form knots or what's called Thor's knots or in the quantum physics and in the quantum entrainment of our brains. And we're working with a lot of neuroscience and the science festival, world science festival. So, you know, they say the earth grid may be artificially programmed, but we're going to, we're not going to get into the AI or the negative alien invasion or any of that kind of stuff. We work more with the ascension cycle and the guardian host of the various uh, global universes that transmit light bodies and monadic initiation into the thymus complex. So uh, we talk about words of the cosmic divine and the cosmic mother and the uh, universal higher levels and the seven levels of the universe, universe, multiverse, metaverse, xenoverse. And then omniverse is the fifth level. We talk a lot about 5D. And uh, people have been asking me about the transmission from 3D to 5D. And, uh, of course, people like Dr. Stephen Greer, Paula Harris introduced uh, Charles Hall, really, uh, in his books. So we talked about him. But uh, you can look up various cosmic identities with Llewellyn uh, in the encyclopedia with Llewellyn. That's L-L-E-W-E-L-L-Y-N. They're a really good company, and a friend of ours started Fate Magazine, and uh, then another friend of mine bought it. So there's all kind of ways to help each other in the cosmic identity that we're talking about. Plenty of books. Tremendous tremendous amount of information out there about any given topic that you want to explore. And now, fortunately, it's all at your fingertips because all you have to do is go on the net and put in your topic and search it. And yes, it's not just Google, even though Google used to be a very reliable source. I'm not finding it so much now because it seems that it spreads out into various other search engines. Uh, It used to be that you could Google something and it would bring you directly to that specific information. It still does so. However, the information is spread by various other search engines. And you have to be careful. It's doing good. I use Microsoft Bing now. And uh, what do they call it? Edge? Edge? Uh, The three major browsers, Edge, Google, and Firefox for developers like myself helping and developing. But, you know, I don't mind helping authors with their books, but we do have an independent authors club, and Richard's been so kind to say he would lead the pack as a masculine energy because I'm a feminine energy that puts out a lot of male Testosterone for a woman? <laughs> maybe that's not right. <laughs> testosterone, God, yes. Well, anyway. Oh, maybe not. Uh, I anyway, think, leadership I think we have covered enough for today, you know. I okay. think it's a good time to, to close out the show. Uh, of course, okay. you can contact me at rtknight35. That's my initials, Richard Thomas, RT. And then the last name, Knight, K-N-I-G-H-T, like the guy that rides a horse, 35 at gmail.com. You can also find me on Facebook. You can also find me on LinkedIn. Um, and, of course, you can do the same with Teresa. She has lots, uh, so many 
modes of contact. I can't even begin to name them all. She's better at doing it herself. However, if you want to reach out directly, a very easy source is TJ Morris, TJ, M-O-R-R-I-S, Morris at agency, rather, at gmail.com. Uh, both of us yeah, can be reached by email most see. readily. And, uh, of course, you know, uh, we would gladly discuss any topic that you would like to discuss. Uh, if you would like to come on the radio with us and, and maybe share your mystical experiences or share your point of view or be interviewed as an author or be interviewed as a personality, uh, you know, we're, we're welcome and open arm, you know, for all folks that, that would, would like to spend time with us and share our journey because, yes, we are all upon a journey back to wherever it is we came from. And perhaps we're already there, and who knows? <laughs> we're just awakening from a dream, in a manner of speaking. <laughs> who knows, folks? Do we, nobody has all the answers, and we are the authors of our own life stories. Everybody has their own drama and memories, and I follow a lot of yogis. And uh, after being a near-death experiencer, out-of-body experiencer, and uh, working with people all over the world and working with the government, and I'm retired now, and I have some time, more time than I need, so we're writing books again, and uh, whether they sell or not, I get a check from Lulu on a regular basis, and I'm happy with that. Amazon, not so much, but I don't see that they're doing – they put you on, but they're not – you know, if you want to help give, do your book, we're here to help you as independent authors, and we have uh, LinkedIn groups, ACO Club, Ascension Center Organization, Authors Club, Alien Contact Tour, depending on the type of book. And I've got a lot of friends that are presidents of different book clubs, and we go to conferences and we meet. But not so much in 2021. We're going to try to get through this COVID-19 thing at least uh, the rest of the year. Come 2022, we may be out meeting you in person, signing autographs on our books again at events. So Janet, Carol Lesson, still my friend, Tommy Hawk's Blood, still my friend. Richard T. Knight is helping me now with TJMRC T Radio and helping me manage what topics we'll discuss on our Authors Club Day on Paranormal or Spirituality, and I think he's doing a good job. Richard, thank you for showing up. I really enjoy your writing. You're an excellent writer, folks. I can't wait to see his first and second book on topics of paranormal, supernatural, spirituality, and we're all the authors of our own life stories. So he's doing his own biography and probably in several pieces because otherwise it'll be about a 700-page novel or something. <laughs> no, no, no. But, I'm not Stephen King, okay? I don't write volumes of 12 and 1,400 pages, okay? Or volumes okay, so you're that, you know. Okay, Well, you <laughs> know, I had, so I had have... originally envisioned that what I was writing was a trilogy. Okay, oh, and uh, okay. needless to say, the the first volume basically sets the ground rules and the uh, way that a person becomes uh, aware and gets to know a given individual, who of course is the main player of the story, and then in turn it moves on from there because uh, it goes to not only this person's inner and outer development spiritually as a given individual, but all the various paranormal encounters, spiritual encounters, hauntings, uh, ETs, etc., 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 that go on in that, in that format and that's, that are woven into that story. And then the second and third volumes would be the, the, the next 
levels, you could say. In other words, uh, it's kind of like ascending, watching someone ascend in a manner of speaking, but you're reading it instead of watching it. So in other words, the, the words themselves draw you into the story and explain the story in and of themselves through the, your mind's eye as it's been, it incorporates your imagination. And you think you'll be having these published by the end of the year in 2021, or is it going to be released? Oh, no, no, no. Volume one, volume 1 will be, be coming out pretty soon, I would hope. Uh, and the okay. second and third volume will, will again, you know, it's going gonna, it's gonna to take a bit more time probably because it's, it's going from a different perspective. Anyway. Okay. Well, folks, I have Timely Manor Books and Imprint. I'm working with CC Publishing with Brad Olson and his uh, uh, publishing company or any of the other independent authors or publishers out there that want to work with us, let me know. We have various uh, printing houses, publishing companies printing around the world, and uh, I've been doing it, God, since I was in publishing. I started off as a catcher. All and right. Was, let's wrap it up. Publishing, so. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, Richard, and I appreciate it, and I guess I'll see you Sunday. And yep, uh, look forward to having other authors. All right. See you Sunday, Richard. We're going to close yes. it out here. Thank you, everybody. All right. Thank you. See you Sunday. All right. Thank you. All right, we're going to play what? Let's see. Yes, I am not only an author, but a musician and a writer of music. And uh, But I have paid a lot of money to redo other people's with CD Baby and uh, being a singer-songwriter. But I like this top of the world. Let's play that. Such a feeling coming over me There is wonder in most everything I see Not a cloud in the sky Got the sun in my eyes And I won't be surprised if it's a dream Everything I want the world to be Is not coming true Especially for me And the reason is clear Because you are here You're the nearest thing to heaven that I see I'm on the top of the world Looking down on creation And the only explanation I can find Is the love that I've found Ever since you've been around you're not with me at the top of the world Something in the wind has learned my name And it's telling me that things are not the same There are leaves on the trees And there's a touch of the breeze There's a pleasing sense of happiness i found
world to world looking down on creation and the only explanation I can find is the love that I found ever since you've been around. Your love put me at the top of the world. I'm on the top of the world looking down on creation and the only explanation I can find is the love that I found ever since you've been around. Your love put me at the top of the world. 